And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, July 15th. Okay, I've had a little bit of time to digest it. Uh, Prices are high. Mark, where have you seen inflation out and about in your life? Tell me where. Oh, Mark says he's not really even looking because it's the stuff he needs and and he's buying constantly. So it's not like you have a choice. So in other words, I'll tell you where I saw it. I was in Fairway, uh, my local grocery store. I went in recently and I always get arugula, endive, and then I get radicchio. I usually would pay, you know, whatever it is, like not that much for arugula. Let's say $3.99 for this, this thing of arugula. And then the endive would be $3.99 a pound. And sometimes the radicchio was like $5.99. Yesterday, when I went in, the radicchio was $6.99, the endive was $6.99, and the arugula was $4.99. Did I change? You're right, I did. I did change. I made myself a different kind of a salad. I did. Um, And shockingly, I know you wouldn't have thought that, but I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I can figure out how to do a different salad, which I did. Um, Anyway, the Labor Department said that the CPI is up 5.4% from a year ago. It's the highest 12-month rate since August of 2008. You probably don't remember this, but right before the financial crisis in 2008, crude oil was spiking above 100 bucks a barrel. And so that's why the CPI was up so high in that particular month. But anyway, prices are up. Prices are up for lots of different reasons, like don't go out and buy a used car or a truck. 
you know, that's a weird thing also, because that was a case where we had uh, these rental car companies unloaded their fleets of old used cars on the market early in the pandemic. And now there's no used cars out there. Price for used cars and trucks up 10.5% from the previous month. It's a third of the rise in the overall index. Airfares are up, apparel's up, basically everything's up. Now, I think it's going to probably calm down, but honest to God, these are real numbers. And remember when we had Diane Swank on the show a few weeks ago, she was pretty clear that inflation is going to run hotter than everybody probably thinks. Doesn't mean that we're going to see double digit inflation, but, you know, the difference between 2% inflation and 3% inflation is actually pretty sizable. You know, don't think, oh, it's just a percent. Just think two to three is a big change. So we're going to keep an eye on that. And um, we're happy to talk to you about your questions around inflation. So just send us your questions. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Okay. Ken and his wife are 76. They've been retired for 21 years. I'm just sorry. Let me have a moment there. (sighs) That means that they retired when they were 55. I don't get that. That's amazing. Okay. As I've said to all of you guys previously, that I'm really not anti-early retirement. It's just that I am a flawed human being and can't consider retiring myself. And since I am 55, I feel like I would never be retiring right now. And therefore, I am just expressing my own discomfort with that topic. And I'm placing it on you. There you go. That's perfect. I've just transferred my anxiety to you. Sorry. Okay. Ken and his wife want to move closer to their children. They're building a new home in a small town in Utah. It's going to cost about a half a million dollars. They've got pensions of $95,000 a year. They got $1.45 million in investments and own their $675,000 home free and clear. Here's what they're considering. You ready? One, this is how they're going to, you know, talking about building the new home. Okay. Pay cash by selling some of our investments. Tax hit is a serious consideration. Two, pay for the new home with the proceeds from the sale of the old home. Timing could be an issue. I don't want to make a double move if at all possible. Last one, take out a 30-year mortgage, $400,000, 20% down. I would probably pay off the mortgage in a couple of years if you think that's wise. Thanks in advance, Ken. Uh, All right. Definitely do not pay cash by selling your investments. I think that you should be paying for the new home with the proceeds from the sale of your old home. And you know what? Too bad on the double move. That's that's how I feel. Now, if you really don't want a double move, I would never take out a 30-year mortgage. You're going to pay this off so quickly. So if anything, I would do a, this is very rare that I say this, but I would do an arm. I would do a super cheap adjustable rate mortgage and then that would be it. But I bet... I don't know. Mark, what would you rather do? Move twice or pay up a little bit for the flexibility on the timing? Okay. Mark wants to do flexibility and I'm like, just move twice. (laughs) You can tell that I've been a person who's moved many times in my life. All right. So if you want, if you want the flexibility, there's two ways to do it. Number one is you could get a line of credit from your current home and then kind of dribble it out. But I wouldn't even do that. I'll tell you what, just get a third, instead of doing a 30-year mortgage, get an adjustable rate mortgage, put as little down as you possibly can and go from there. I would much prefer the risk of the inconvenience of moving twice than I would. And and it's a hot housing market. You're going to sell Colorado probably before this house is built. And that's the problem, right? So then where would you live? I guess that's the issue. But I don't know. Get an arm. Don't do a 30-year. 
and watch your costs. I hope that helps. Okay, this is Kimberly. Oh my God, she, Kimberly is a CPA. And she says, I often have clients ask me to run tax projections relating to Roth conversions with the idea of keeping them in a low bracket. Everyone agrees tax rates are low right now and will get higher. Financial advisors just love selling the idea of Roth conversions to my clients. I can't get past whether this is worthwhile. So I'd love your point of view. Okay, here we go. If you're 72, the factor is 25.6. It gets smaller with age. Yeah. The older you are, the worse this deal is, Kimberly, and I see where you're going with it. Okay. So if I have a client that converts $150,000 to a Roth over three years, it costs, say, $36,000, assuming you wouldn't allow a conversion of the rate that exceeds 15% federal and California's 9% state. Then four years from now, that money grows to $200,000, and it saves my client about $8,000 in required minimum distribution and $2,000 in taxes. Why would I tell someone to spend $36,000 of tax now so that they could save $2,000 in four years? They would save this amount every year and the savings would be a little higher each year, but still it would take a long time to break even. What am I missing? Your point of view might make me look smart. I have the same problem with older folks. I don't think it works as well for older people, Mark. And I think that that Ed would say that as well. And I think the only reason that older people are doing this kind of conversion, and this is I, this is just my two cents, is I tend to think that they believe they'll be in a lower, that their tax rate on the conversion would be lower than the, what their kid's racket would be inheriting that asset. I think that that's the real issue. So maybe this makes sense if you are using the Roth as an asset to pass on to your heirs, because I think that the the conversions that I see in your 70s and later, even 80s, have been those the conversions that are really for generational wealth transfer. So that's my two cents. I think you're probably right. And by the way, aren't CPAs the smartest, Mark? Come on. It's amazing. I'm heading out to do some work for those CPAs. Going to do a big conference for them. Very happy about that. Okay, Alex. Oh, here we go. This may be a first. Is this our first question from Africa? Mark thinks we might have had a question from Africa before, but here is Alex and his wife. They are missionaries in Africa. Alex is 60. My wife is 63. We're both in good health. We anticipate being in Africa for another eight years before we return to the U.S. We both have 401ks, rollover and Roth IRAs and two annuities. Wow. They all total about a million dollars. We worked previously in medicine and nursing before coming to the mission field 10 years ago. Most of our savings are from those previous years. Our children are all independent in the U.S. No mortgage, uh, no debt. Life insurance, $750,000 each, but that's due to expire in 2023. We claim the FEIE, the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion. Okay, so they can't contribute to Roths, but they want to convert as much of the pre-tax accounts into Roths before they leave Africa. We only contribute to the 401k, 200 bucks a month. This stems from being careful and using too much of our support funds. So blah, blah, blah. There's about 600 grand left to convert. And there's $32,000 in a taxable brokerage account for long-term savings. The annuities are for lifetime income streams and they're going to have social security, two of them, annuities, two of them, 
and that will hopefully provide 120 grand a year. By the way, that's pretty nice income for missionaries, huh? Okay, they're going to take Social Security at their full retirement age or later, turn on the annuities around the same time. We'll have the Roth portfolios to use as needed. Okay, they're going to continue in ministry overseas during winter months, stay near our children during the warmer months. Are the finances enough to retire and travel yearly? It's hard to figure what our income needs are while we're in Africa. Our biggest total cost will probably be travel. They think they need about 85 grand a year. Well, I mean, look, you answered your own question. If you've got social security and annuities of 120 grand a year and just live below that and you'll be fine. I don't know why you're contributing to a 401k right now. That makes no sense to me. I would, I'll tell you what I would do. Given your game plan, I'd be building up that non-retirement account. That 32 grand in the taxable brokerage account, I would put more money in there. I don't know why. I just feel like you're, you're a little tilted towards this whole, you know, retirement scenario. I think you need some money that is outside of retirement. You could convert, but, you know, the, in converting, you know, that's part of the reason why you want more money that's already been taxed. You got to pay the tax that's due. I don't know. Mark has a good question. Are you making 85 grand a year right now? I mean, I think he's saying that they th- he thinks they need 85 when they stop doing the missionary stuff. I think that's what he's saying. Anyway, follow up with us if we missed anything. Uh, okay. Megan <laughs> writes, I love your show and enjoy your lighthearted attitude and commentary. I'm writing cause I'm constantly worried about money. Oh, Megan, Megan says, and I mean, constantly all caps. I think it started because I'm recently married within the last couple of months. We purchased a home together. Money has been on the brain. Here are the details. Oh my God. She's so young. She and her husband are 26 years old. And guess what? Second CPA. I must speak to the CPAs, Mark. It's like my nerd aspect. Okay. So Megan is a CPA. She makes 81 grand. He's an engineer. He makes 65 grand. They have a mortgage of $135,000 on a home valued at $210,000. Megan says, I've got $70,000 in savings, $20,000 in retirement accounts. My husband has 30,000 in savings, 50 grand in retirement accounts. They both contribute 15% to their 401ks. They max out their Roth IRAs. They don't have children. I'm going to read it like I'm her. We don't have children. We hope to start a family within the next five years. What advice for you to me to have to help my money anxiety? It sounds like an immature question. Are we doing all right? As a young person, it's hard to gauge if we're on the right track. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. You ready, Mark? Let's take a deep cleansing breath on behalf of Megan. (sighs) Megan, you guys are doing great. You've got to calm yourself down. One way that might make you feel better just because you're a money person and this might appeal to you, I would suggest you actually run numbers for yourself. You guys are kicking ass right now. You have plenty of money in savings. You have a mortgage that is affordable relative to your income. You're putting money into your retirement accounts. You're on track. Maybe the only way for us to prove this to you would be to run through a quick retirement calculator, but I'm telling you right now, you ready for my analysis? You're kicking ass. So Mark wants to know, is the 70 grand too much in cash? It may be, but my guess is that that would give her comfort because if she's so worried about money, she probably likes that. I mean, you know what your expenses are, your CPA. So I think the best thing to do is run through your expenses. You probably have six to 12 months of your living expenses in cash, which is great. You are saving a ton of money. I don't know if there's much more you can do except prove to yourself that you're on the right track. And that's all you need to do. 
That's it. Do not pay that mortgage off early. You're fine. Use your money, contribute to your retirement and have some fun. You guys are doing really well. All right. All right. Last question. Uh, This is from Jeff, who's 68 years old and works full time, earns about 250 grand annually. Plus he gets a small pension. And he says, I will continue to max out my 401k until I retire at age 70. I'm currently building my retirement home in Florida. I've got $3 million in retirement accounts, 200,000 in cash, half of which will be used for furnishing the home. No other debt. My question, I'm planning on carrying a $500,000 mortgage, but should I put some additional cash out of retirement account to reduce the mortgage amount? I realize that I'm in a higher tax bracket now. But with RMD, with required minimum distribution in a few years, does paying a little more in taxes today to reduce future debt service make sense? I'm thinking of an additional 150000 Your thoughts? I don't think so. First of all, I don't know why you're maxing out your 401k. Uh, I, um, you know, I think you actually need more money in cash. So I'm not sure I would be putting, I don't think you need to put more money in your 401k right now. You got plenty of money in retirement. I would like you to have, since you're going to burn up some of that cash for furnishing the home, I think that you have the mortgage. That's fine. But if you want to put any cash down, it's cash that you have actually, you have, and I would not pull it out of the retirement account because then you're pulling money out at a higher tax bracket. So it doesn't make any sense to me. I wouldn't do that. I would stop putting money in my 401k. I would replenish the non-retirement account. And I would do that by just stop putting money into your 401k. You got plenty of money in the 401k. And I think that Obviously, the longer you work, the better this all works out for you, but I don't know how much you really need to live on, but I don't think pulling money of $150,000 out of your retirement account makes sense. Mark, you have a different opinion about that. We agree as always. It's a beautiful thing. We don't always agree. All right. That's it. That's the program. Don't forget to send us your questions. All you have to do, the email, just send it through email. I know it's very old school. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on our website, if you're on jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button. We will get that message. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this program wherever you get podcasts. If you're listening to us on YouTube, that's Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Odyssey, Google, wherever. Or if you want the link, just go to jillonmoney.com. You can get the link to this podcast, Jill on Money and the Eye on Money podcast. Thursday in the can. And um, we are very delighted as always that you have joined us. We want to remind you to please do something nice for someone else today. And think about our mantra for 2021. It's grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.